In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink, and with me is nobody. Nobody, you there? Yes, I can hear you, nobody. Anyways, uh, we're waiting for Cal to call in, as long as, the, as well as our special guests, uh, Pembroke and beyond, or whatever they are. But uh, I have some interesting news to mention. Um, by the way, we are live here on Tojinet and also on Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. And anyways, this week uh, we did a ghost hunt at the uh, VZ Estate in uh, Groveland, Massachusetts, which is the summer home of... Uh, Arthur Vizi, who is a Haverhill industrialist. But anyways, it's a really, really cool place. And then eventually it was taken over by an order of nuns, and they took in uh, um, handicapped uh, women, and it was also used as a uh, pox house. So it had a, a lot of history, and uh, it was also a hospice as well. So a lot of history to it, and we did a ghost hunt event for and benefit of VZ Estate. And we had some interesting, uh, uh, I guess, results that occurred. Uh, we tried uh, several things, uh, including a new uh, laser trap, which was kind of interesting, and that was basically a, a fixed laser grid with a, uh, a like a Van de Graaff generator type thing, and the idea was to generate energy for the spirits to do whatever they do, and then uh, hopefully capture uh, it on tape, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. I mean, I haven't reviewed it yet, so I'm not sure of what we got, but, you know, it's an interesting experiment. And uh, speaking of experiments, uh, this, the 20th, at the Circles of Wisdom, I will be doing my monthly paranormal study group, and we are doing another experiment that, as far as I'm concerned, has never been done before, and we will be doing a remote, remote investigation from Gettysburg. I'm not going to say we're in Gettysburg, but basically we'll be attempting to connect with the spirits uh, via Skypes and uh, actually try to get... Uh, see if we can collect evidence remotely. I mean, it's 
not like there's going to be someone there and they're running the instruments. We're hoping to be able to pick up some of the uh, results uh, with our own instruments on this side in uh, Skype, so it'd be kind of interesting. So we're still waiting for our Mr. Cal to show up and also uh, Pembroke uh, beyond. But I understand we do have uh, somebody with us now. Do we have anybody with us? Hello? Maybe not. So have you got me now? I guess we do. Ah, well, you see, if I had my microphone on mute. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. Steve Parsons is with us. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Good evening, Ron. I didn't think uh, Cal was coming tonight. I thought that's why I was standing in. Really? Well, that's what I thought. I haven't a clue, so. You know, I'm always the last to know. Well, so, anyway, so we're, we're trying to get a hold of... Uh, uh, Penbrook and beyond, I, I, I know that we've, uh, they're not showing up on Skype, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. But anyway, did you hear my dry raping about my remote investigation? Uh, no, I must admit I was uh, distracted. Distracted, huh? Really? Was she pretty? <laughs> I wish it was that good. No, I was, I, was, uh, I was replying to a message that has just come in via Facebook that needed a reply, so... Uh, but you're a better man than I am. <laughs> I didn't have but, the headphones on properly. Uh, anyway, Steve, what, what, I have a, a monthly paranormal study group that meets, well, monthly, oddly enough. Uh, and what we're going to attempt to do uh, this week, uh, which is the 20th, next, it's actually next Tuesday, a week from today, is that we're going to try to do a remote investigation from Gettysburg, and we're in uh, Massachusetts, and via Skype. So what we'll do is we'll have someone on the other end, and just they're just going to work the camera. And what we're going to do is try to connect with the environment there and, and try to get readings, try to connect with the spirits, and, uh, you know, try to capture EVPs. We're going to try a, a whole variety of uh, things. So what's your thoughts on that? Oh, that's a very interesting proposal. Um, you've also picked a location that, that's very, very high on my to-do list. Very high, um, but no, I like the idea of sort of like investigating by proxy or by remote control. Right, I, I don't think it's been done before, has it? No, I mean I know there have been like they've had mediums uh, or investigators in the location, and then an audience has told them what to do, but never really the audience conduct an investigation remotely where, where they're actually attempting to connect to the environment and to the, the persons. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm not yeah. quite sure how it's going to work. I mean, we're going to try to you, capture you. How are you planning on getting the data back? Is it telemetry or is it just a case of people reading reading the data, the instruments? Uh, it'll be us reading the instruments, but that's a good idea too, is, is probably have some instruments on that side as well. Well, because I was just thinking, I mean, just yep. straight sort of blue sky thinking that we've got a lot of like IP cameras that can be linked up to uh, Wi-Fi and the internet, right? And a lot of computers can. So if you've got a computer at Gettysburg with mm -hmm. um, sort of temperature sensors and um, probes attached to it, then it would be easily. 
I would imagine possible to to sort of data link that back to uh, your hub headquarters. Right, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah. That's an interesting proposition as well. For future to, um, for future investigations. Yeah, I was trying to do it kind of remotely, and and but I think that's an idea. You know, I mean, that might be. Your, uh, well, you you know, now that you mentioned that, you know what's going to happen is someone's going to take a haunted location. I mean, they already have ghost cams, right? So yeah. what's the next step? Is you just connect it to instruments, and then you have a ghost cam with instruments, uh, so people uh, could log nobody's, in. And, nobody's quite got there yet, but yeah, um, if we say it out loud, somebody will get the idea. Yeah, they claim will. They got Richard, the idea Richard, last Phil- week. Richard Phillips will steal it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know him well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing, he, he, uh, he you know, of course, I, I know Richard for a few years now, and uh, he came over here. And we, In fact, we went to Gettysburg, and we did a bunch of events down there together, so that was a lot of fun. And, and if you ever want to do that, let me know. Uh, I certainly can arrange it. Um, but anyways, the... Uh, uh, I, I told him that I do this event every year in Salem, Massachusetts, called... Uh, Spectral evidence, which is the evidence that convicted the witches in Salem yeah. during the Salem witch trials. Otherwise, it wasn't real evidence. It was just spectral evidence, like, you know, you came to me in my dream, and now the, the cows won't give milk or, you know, whatever. So it wasn't Sorry, real I was evidence. actually, just, just as you, and here's coincidence for you, just as we, you were actually talking about that, I don't think you heard the noise in the background, mm-hmm. I was putting back on the shelf uh, Cotton Mather's book, which I've been using earlier today. Really? Absolutely. Uh, so just a little while before, I was actually using um, the his, his discovery of witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing world. <laughs> but anyways, part of that event we do is that we do a ghost hunting event called Spectral Evidence. And uh, one of the things I do is, is when I go in front of the class and uh, the, the group of people are there and I, I say, oh, how many think Ouija boards are evil? And of course, like 90% of them put their hands up. Then so I go behind the screen and I come out with my little pink Barbie doll Ouija boy with a carrying case. <laughs> say, how can this be evil? So guess what? Richard's doing that in Psychic and Science Tour. <laughs> a little bump. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, the the wonders of the invisible world disclosed. Being an account of the trials of several witches lately executed in New England. Yeah, that's go. the one. Uh, it's a good read. Unfortunately, I haven't got a first edition of it. Mine dates from the 1760s. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool, though. So, there you go. 1700s, awesome. But, um, and a guy who was actually quite, um, he was wronged because they always accused Mather of being instrumental in the execution of the witches. But if you actually read the book, as I'm sure you have, or I'm sure you'll be aware of the contents, he was arguing for a rational sort of objective investigation to be done of their claims. What happened is is that uh, I don't know if you are aware of it, but if the witch, excuse me, if the witches were found guilty, um, they would lose all their property to the sheriff and the, uh, mm-hmm. the the court system. So it certainly made it worth their while to get convictions. Of course, the other thing that Salem is particularly famous for is uh, the manufacture of Ouija boards, isn't it? Uh, Hasbro uh, did make them, as well as Parker Brothers. Uh, 
I'm trying to think. I think Hasbro has the patent on it now or has the, the thing on Ouija board. Yep. Uh, the Ouija board are, uh, is just a variation of the spirit board, which have mm. been around forever. Gone downhill a bit, though, since you made them glow in the dark. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I had. Uh, I, I like that feature. That's kind of cool. I've got a small collection um, of boards going back to about the beginning of the night. Uh, 20th century, so sort of late 1800s. Um, but one of them I do actually have is one of the glow-in-the-dark ones from the... Uh, it's about four or five years ago. And it's just, by comparison to the early boards... Oh, yeah. It's just, there's no quality, is there? Uh, of course not, because it's, you know, this year, this century. But, uh, yeah, I actually used the, uh, the glow-in-the-dark uh, planchette for an experiment... Uh, one time at a uh, location, a haunted location, which was kind of cool, is because there was a uh, a gentleman by the name of Enos who uh, liked his whiskey and bootleg whiskey, and he uh, was pretty much drunk all the time. And he he died in the fire, uh, and he, they believe it was spontaneous uh, human combustion. But uh, the records just say died in fire, you know, burned to death. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we were in the, the room where our activity was going on, and I took a uh, shot of Jack Daniels, and I put it on a glow-in-the-dark planchette. And of course, we were in the dark with our recorders and everything else, and then I started uh, to uh, speak to him, saying, you know, you, can you smell this liquor? Isn't it really good? It's better than the rock that you used to drink. And wouldn't you just love to taste it? And all of a sudden, we were, you know, everybody who was on investigation was in that room. All of a sudden, in the hall, we heard, yes! And we caught it on wow. a recorder, which was was interesting. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, it 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 paid off <laughs> using the blown attack. I I, th- I think they're valid experiments. Um, we we've we've tried them over here. Kieran and I did um, a similar thing. Um, using with a thermal imager. And what was interesting is that the guys around the seance table started to report the temperature was dropping, but obviously they couldn't see the thermal imaging uh, pictures that Kieran and I had. But we could actually see the room temperature around them drop um, markedly. Really? Then then the temperature picked up just just before... We noticed it just before they said, oh, it's it's got warmer... Um, it's you know it's it's got lighter where we are, um, so we we had there which was you know objective from the thermal imager and subjective from the people around the table, uh, you know it's, uh, it's and it was because I think well at the time they were calling out you know they were actually trying to provoke something they were being uh, they were dealing with an aggressive or the medium had said it the the spirit that uh, was aggressive so they were being aggressive or being. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, provocative, I think, would be a better word. Um, and they certainly seem to get a result. It was certainly, you know, we, we could see on the thermal imager something that they couldn't. Um, but both were, you know, supportive of each other. That was interesting. So, so let me ask you that, Steve. I mean, you're pretty much uh, sceptical, and I, I know Karen is wicked sceptical. Um, <laughs> when something like that happens, I mean... Do you give it any credence at all, or are you just poo it away? I mean, no, I, mean, I call him Dr. Cre- Poo, so it could, I mean, No, no, cre- no, of course. Um, I, well, I think we've got to separate skepticism from um, being objective. Mm-hmm. And when you're faced with evidence, I mean, that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? We're looking for evidence, and then we're led by the evidence. 
Um, so my scepticism is only in so much as I question what I'm seeing, um, but I'm happy to accept when it comes up good. You know, it's it's. I always liken it to throwing balls at a coconut shy. Um, you know, you're presented with a series of, of scenarios, and you you do your best to find out what's happening, knock the balls, uh, knock the coconuts down, and inevitably there are some left standing. And they're the ones that we, we really need to be interested in. And, you know, as a sceptic, I question everything, but that doesn't mean I dismiss it. You know, when, okay. when you're faced with good evidence and you've got to accept that, you know, it's good evidence. So, so what do you do with that good evidence? Is it just, you know, an isolated incident or do you... Do you log it as, as you know, a piece of evidence to, to look back on and see if there is other evidence that will uh, collaborate it or, or other evidence in the future that will happen in similar circumstances? I mean, what do you, what do, you do with something like that? That you, It's out of the normal, it's, so I guess it would be in the, the paranormal. Um, what do you do with it? Well, uh, there's... It's, I guess it's a bit like being a detective. You build up the evidence. Um, and so, yeah, you would, we do, we log, we log the evidence as we get it. Um, we, we, you know, we, we keep it, we put it to one side because on its own it might not mean anything. Um, but there have been occasions where uh, one little piece of information um, w- that seemed meaningless some months later, several months later, turned out to be significant. And that's happened a few times. And that just shows the, you know, the importance of documenting everything because uh, it might be you know, insignificant or appear insignificant at the time. And you know, it, would, it would be wrong and, and rather silly to throw it away just because it doesn't appear to be that, that good. Um, you know, you've got to document absolutely everything, um, you know, however insignificant. And as I said, there have been times when... I'll give you an example. Uh, we went into a location, um, and we don't routinely take mediums on our investigations, but we do uh, work with them occasionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took a medium, and we, we, we borrowed a technique that Lloyd Auerbach um, and Gertrude Schmeiler uh, both used, where you just give the medium a floor plan and say, you know, off you go, walk around, put anything you want to onto the floor plan, mark anything you, you know, any, anything you think's interesting onto your floor plan. Um, and Carl, the name, uh, who was the medium, um, he walked around and the, one of the first things he said um, was, oh, there used to be a staircase coming down from that side of the, the, the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we had lots and lots of photographs, and then a little later on, I went back and had a look uh, just to see if there was anything obvious, you know, something in the, pe- in the plaster or the brickwork that gave away the fact that there was a stair. Because it was in the completely, you know, there was nothing. There was another stair uh, in the hallway, but it was on the opposite side. So we just made a note of it. We, ha- we had Carl's, you know, statement that he'd seen the staircase, or he imagined there was a staircase there. Um... It was about seven or eight months later, uh, we were visiting the town hall and some uh, public records of, of, of the building, um, and the very, very early plans of the building came to light, and the town council had keep, kept a record of when the plans had last been uh, taken out and viewed, and the last time that they'd been seen by anybody had been in the 1950s. Uh, so for the last 50 years, nobody had seen these plans. 
But on the plans, which were the very first plans for the building we were in, was a staircase, right where Carl had said it had said he had sensed the staircase. And that staircase had only existed for three months before we really? modelled the building. So how he got that, we'll never know. Um, but there you, you, you get that one piece of, uh, of what seems like, on the face of it, nonsense. But because it had been documented, um, we were able to, you know, seven or eight months later, go back and go and, and make a link between what the medium had said and what the evidence later showed. Right. I, there's a, an interesting case in uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts, where uh, they used to see this uh, spirit uh, of a female, and she would just, like she was walking upstairs, and then just disappear up into the ceilings. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. Uh, what we found out was that uh, Lawrence, Lawrence had uh, basically a lousy timber to build houses. So they, they actually moved a lot of the houses uh, from Gloucester. And mm-hmm. this is one of the houses that they had moved. And when they moved it, they only moved the first level, and they never moved the second level. But originally it was a two-level house. Right. So it did make sense that perhaps they were seeing a spirit that was still living in the time the house was a two mm-hmm. two level house. Now, was it an intelligent haunting? I mean, that one that interact, or was it just a uh, you know a one that was played residual that was played over and over again? You know? mm-hmm. I mean, that's the question. I do not know. So, uh, I, I think that's the that's the great unknown. I think um, I think we're all happy to accept that ghosts or something that we would call ghosts, because uh-huh. if you see something out of the corner of your eye, you would, might call it a ghost. And if you see something solid and three-dimensional and a human in appearance, but then disappears, you might say you've seen a ghost. And I think it's the mechanism that we're not sure about, isn't it? We, you know, are they time slips? Are they a recording of some form? Are they something that goes on? You know, does it need a human brain? Um, to interact with the environment in order to to spark the playback, is right. that something intelligent that survives death? Um, there's evidence for and against all of them. You know, there's a lot of good anecdotal evidence to support you know um, mediumship and survival of death, and there's a lot of good evidence that suggests that you know ghosts just do their thing regardless of who's around. Um, they just go through the motions almost like a recording. There's an, awful, there's an awful lot of good evidence that suggests that, you know, uh, some ghosts are just figments of imagination. Um, right, I think, that would make sense, you know, too. I think we're dealing with all of them, um, and they're all, you know, equally likely and equally possible, and we have to tease them apart when we do an investigation. And I think that's that's the role of the investigator. And I think, you know, you get you get people who just blindly accept, and that's where I will appear to be sceptical. You know, people who say that every every blob of light on a on a photograph is a, is a spirit orb, that every swirl of you know you know mist on a photograph is is ectoplasm. Yeah, that's clearly not. You know, it, it's it, it's got to be nonsense. Otherwise, we'd be we'd be inundated with the damn things. <laughs> uh, you know, in in all of these years, and I know you've been looking for a for a, probably as long, if not longer, than I have. Um, I've probably encountered. 
four or five things I truly can't explain. And that's enough for me. I think that's, that's a good average for 20, 20 plus years. Um, but I seriously question people who go out week after week and have experiences every single time they go out. I think well, that's I, just... You know what? There's, there's actually a theory about that, believe it or not, as well. Uh, if, if you do believe in spirits, uh, there are actually thoughts that uh, spirits can uh, attach themselves to it. So therefore, they're bringing their ghost with them, if you look at mm-hmm. it that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of ifs there, and there's a lot of hypothesis, but that's the whole thing. We really don't know. That's what makes it, that what we do so cool. It, it really is so interesting, and, and everything we time we think we've got it figured out, there's mm-hmm. always an exception to that rule that we've made. I think I think there are things that we do know. Um, you know, little by little, um, mm-hmm. investigators can put pieces into the jigsaw. I mean, it, it was only a few years ago. I remember in the late 1990s, buying our first digital camera, which was half a megapixel. <laughs> so it, took ten, it took ten images on a floppy disk, a three-and-a-half-inch disk. Oh, I love it. Um, and we were getting these blobs of light, and we, we, we called them light balls. This was before they had names. This was mm-hmm. before they were called orbs. And we genuinely, for you know, half a year, we were absolutely left head-scratching by them. We didn't know where they were coming from. Uh, we, we couldn't figure out what was causing them. Um, and we genuinely thought that we may be looking at something that was anomalous and possibly paranormal. But it, 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 it was because, you know, we, we started to get them so often that we realised that we either had a magic camera that could photograph ghosts, spirits to order, you got to laugh, Steve, but originally when I first started the Ghost Chronicles radio show years and years ago, I guess it's probably about 12 years ago, um, and the, the, about the time digital came out, and what, the first question I brought out of it, now, have we, what is the, you know, what is the, the orbs? Is it that we finally discovered the technology that we can capture the spirits, or is it a flaw in the technology? And that was one of my first uh, questions uh, about the digital camera years and years and years ago. And I think we know the answer to it. Well, I think that's what makes uh, or what establishes a good investigator is the fact that you can ask that question because there are too many people who don't ask the question. There are are the majority of people that, that get the pictures simply accept that they're told that that's paranormal. They never, ever question it. And I think the fact that serious investigators, um, the ones that survive for more than five, five minutes, the ones that, like you and I, have been around since, since well, for a long time, um, because we've asked the questions. That's and true. I think that separates us. But, you know, in ghost hunting in itself, and I know they'll come up in the break, you could be able to hang on with me, uh, Steve? Yeah, 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 sure. Oh, cool, cool. Um, I think that, uh, you know, and we can probably talk about this when we get back, is that it's kind of taking on a life of its own. I mean, there are, there are almost different camps involved, and, and a lot of things that just, uh, I don't know, just took a life of its own. It's, it's, they're accepted, you know, like, uh, and other stuff is not accepted, but and it depends on what camp you were in, you know what I mean? Everybody takes the same information, the speaking, same evidence, and looks at it different ways. Yeah. Speaking of spooky, I think we have somebody else online, Just. 
Okay. That would be nice. I don't not sure, but we actually have to come to a break right now. So uh, we'll be. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Ron Kowak, New England's own Van Helsing, and my special co-host today, I guess, is uh, Steve Parsons from Parascience. And we'll be right back after the following messages here on Tojinet Ghost Channel, Pararex, and way beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Bear X family. Take 6,427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolek, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host. I am brave beyond belief. Yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Ron Kolick and my special co-host today, Mr. Steve Parsons. We were trying to get a hold of Pembroke Beyond, uh, but they're not accepting our Skype thing, so that kind of stinks. Uh, um, Steve, if you... The thing is, I, I, have, a th- I have a feeling that uh, they might think that we're starting at 8 o'clock UK time. Oh, my God. Um, if you... If you chat amongst yourselves for about two minutes, do you want me to give them a call? Um, yeah, actually, why don't you do that? Because uh, we're going to go to a, 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 a thing that we do now called Beyond Bizarre, and we'll play that. So uh, let's play that, and Steve will be back with you in a minute. Okay, so evidently it's not playing. Uh, if you play, I want to play another one of instead of that particular one. You certainly can. Uh, but anyways, like this is typical. Like, paranormal must be anyways. But um, 
one thing I did want to mention, I understand that uh, most Tartan is coming back to the U.K., so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, hello? Steve, did you, you say, did you say most haunted's coming back? That's the uh, what I'm seeing everywhere. Um, well, um, I've just tried ringing um, Pembrokeshire Beyond. Um, currently, they're not answering their phone, uh, so I've, I've sent them a text message. Um, if anybody's out there on Facebook, if you go to the Pembrokeshire Beyond uh, like page, tell them to get their Skype system turned on. They're bloody off right over here. Pardon? Uh, I didn't say anything. Oh, somebody did. No, no, that was me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Any, yeah, that's that's strange. Yeah, uh, did you hear about that? Uh, uh, most time uh, coming back. There's a lot. There's an awful lot of rumours flying around that, that yeah. the program, the program's coming back. Um, I don't think any of them have been substantiated. Um, uh, I've seen a a uh, almost an advertisement for it. There's, yeah, there's a lot of um, stuff flying around on Facebook that where people are making their own adverts. Um, most of the next generation, they're doing all sorts of trailers and photos and um, stuff. I think it's. Uh, I think, you know, I think they believe that if they do it often enough, it might actually come. It might actually happen. Um, but there's certainly been no official announcement, or if there has, it's been sort of quite quietly made. Um, is the show is the show popular over there? You know, I absolutely loved it. I, I, probably, with me, anyway, if anyone. That's probably why I've had Karen over here and Richard and David Wells. Uh, I, I, it's actually my favorite uh, paranormal show of all time. And it's just got a great combination of stuff. I mean, of course, the, the, the locations are fantastic. Uh, you know, they had the history part of it. They did the psychic part, which was was interesting because there wasn't a lot of that going on around here, you know, using mediums and so forth. Mm. And then, uh, you know, we had a vet screaming. So, I mean, it had all the, the great <laughs> things, you know. What else could you ask for? <laughs> well, do you know, the one, the one thing that um, uh, it's absolutely genuine is a vet's fear. Yeah, there's, really? there's absolutely. I remember doing some stuff with it with with Yvette um, for the book uh, that they did. Kieran and Yvette did a book called Ghost Hunters, and it, there was a series of investigations that uh, I was part of. Um, and it, Yvette had to uh, do this uh, or appear to do a, a walk through um, a room on her own because she couldn't do it on her own, um, but for the purposes of it wasn't for TV, but for the purposes of what they were doing that night, she had a video camera and had to appear to be on her own, and um, which meant I had to stay just out of shot. So Yvette was walking around talking to this video camera with a hand on my shoulder while I was following her. As she panned the, cam- as she panned the camera around, I realised she was about to pan it straight through, straight past me. Uh, so I dodged behind a, a concrete pillar out of the way, which meant that her hand came off my shoulder. Uh, temporarily, and she completely lost it, completely freaked out. She was, I mean, she always was really, uh, Richard always says he's frightened of ghosts and frightened of the dark, but not a patch on Yvette. She she really, in those early days, she really was a cowardly custard. Really? No, I've... But uh, Richard, uh, Richard, (laughs) now there is a man who's scared. 
He is. I, 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 when we went to Gettysburg, uh, him and I went in the, lo- in the woods alone, and uh, he had a uh, Union uniform on, and I had a Confederate one. It was just two of us. And uh, he, he scared the crap out of himself where, to the point oh, where he had jumped and fell over rocks and actually <laughs> split his ankle open and started bleeding like a stuck pig. <laughs> I know. We were, we were doing uh, an episode of Most Haunted on, on board... Um... A ship called HMS or uh, HMS Unicorn up in Scotland, um, and there were some noises. Everybody on the rest of the the rest of the crew had gone over to another ship uh, called the Discovery, which was about half a mile away, leaving Richard and I on the Unicorn uh, to investigate it. Uh, so there was just me, Richard, and a video, and we had a video camera each. And there were some noises from the deck above us. So um, being, the, being the ace investigator, I said to Richard, you hang on here and I'll nip up to the deck above and have a look round. So I'm cli- I climbed up the stairs uh, to, the, to the deck above. As I reached the next level and turned, I got the shock of my life because Richard had come up the stairs behind me. You're not going to leave me down there on my own? Talk about unexpected to have Richard there like a parrot on my shoulder <laughs> you just just you just couldn't leave him um, that said um, he did have a, an uncanny ability to be able to fall asleep a lot though yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and anytime the lights were out you could hear this like Richard wherever Richard had gone he'd gone to sleep usually bless him <laughs> You know, I mean, that's I the cool stuff. I mean, uh, you guys doing that show and interacting with each other. Uh, a lot of the stuff, you, you, you know, the, the viewers don't really see. But, I mean, it, it, it's really, I mean, to me, that that's interesting things. And, and it, it, it's, it's just that it gives you guys uh, a human nature. In other words, you're not just a, a person on a TV screen. You, you know you have your foibles, you have your little oh. whatever. So, I, uh, I wish I wish people could see some of the the, the outtakes. Um, it's not just most haunted; it's a lot of TV that you do. Um, there's an awful lot of just standing around with not very much happening, or there's a you know there's quite a lot that goes wrong, um, or doesn't quite go go according to plan. Um, but I, they don't often show it, which which might be a good thing or it might be a bad thing. Um, <laughs> it certainly keeps people's reputations intact. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been some changes over on uh, on Ghost Hunters, hasn't there? Half of uh, half of uh, the plumbing has, has left taps. Yeah, whatever. I thought there was um, that that show has pretty much run its course as far as I'm concerned. And, and be honestly, most of these course, most of these TV shows are with you know I'm, I'm getting a little tired of. Uh, IR vision cameras and people running around in the dark. I mean, I want a little bit more out of these shows now. And I don't mean that anything negatory. It's just what I want. I would like to see more out of them than just uh, that type of stuff. I think what what's really needed, though, is a um, production company or a, a broadcaster who's... who's uh, I think they've got to see beyond the... Beyond the um, most haunted ghost hunters, ghost hunters international thing. They've they've got this idea that that's all that the viewers want. That they want night vision. That they want screaming. That they want like with ghost adventures, lockdown and demons. And I think you know, from what I hear from when people talk to me, it's people actually want 
you know, more more credible investigation. They they realise that investigations don't always produce results. They realise that uh, investigations, you know, have you know a lot of sitting around with not very much happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hello, and that they and that they you know they sort of they get like you said they're getting a bit fed up with the night vision and the screaming and the body armour. Mm-hmm. In the gadgets, lots of gadgets. And, well, you've got to have one or two gadgets. Anyways, I guess we have someone joining us now, and it's none other than the rock star parapsychologist himself, Mr. Cal Cooper. Yeah, a bit late, but I'm here. How's it okay. going? Author, author, and parapsychologist. Author, yeah. Well, I don't know. It hasn't been published yet, has it? It's being printed right now at the printers. Ah, don't count. To... Don't count. Sorry. No? Doesn't no, it count. doesn't count. Only when it's published. Well... Listen, listen, Ron, he's working very hard with his Xerox machine as we speak. Oh, is he really? <laughs> you can hear it in the background. Or is that the <laughs> laser printer? If it was the laser printer, he would go broke on it. Very <laughs> <laughs> oh, soon uh, it'll be there. We, we were yeah, talking so. a little bit about uh, the way, uh, I guess, the ghost hunting shows and, and ghost hunting in general has really changed since they first came out. I mean, you know, just to give you an idea, I mean, when I first started doing it, if you went on the Internet, there were like 24 ghost hunting groups in the country, and now there's like 24 in any city block, for God's sakes. Yeah, I, I just caught some of that on what you were saying about, you, uh, Ron, you were getting a bit tired with people running about in the dark with night vision cameras and thermal imaging cameras. Um, I to Pembrokeshire Beyond if they turn up. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably turn up at eight. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you the last time I actually watched a paranormal show like that because they all got very samey um, following Most Haunted. And uh, I, I go back to all the classic old DVDs um, were once VHS, the, was it Ghost Hunters? And it just told of people's experiences. And you uh-huh. got this commentary all the way through from some uh, some guy that usually have a rugged voice or something. And it just took you to different locations around the UK and told you about legends of hauntings. I prefer those shows, just learning about people's experiences rather than uh, the running about in the haunted location. Maybe we should go back to some of the old shows uh, and try and recover them. Yeah, I think there's a need for a combination of the two. I, you know, that's the other thing as far as, you know, some of the old shows, they had recreations of, of events. And, and there was nothing wrong with that in, in my eye. I mean, it was a, uh, basically, uh, you know, bringing an eyewitness account to life. Uh, and, and I really don't find anything wrong with that. I mean, what do you think, uh, uh, Steve? I mean, do you think there's wrong with recreations? No, not at all. Um... I'm sort of, I can see both sides because um, I, I, I would give, I would like to make an educational program to teach people about the science of ghost hunting and the reality of ghost hunting, but I realise that people probably wouldn't watch it for very long. You'd have um, probably two shows anyways. So you, you have to put in um, entertainment. Um, and so... But recreation is is a, is a is an excellent you know way of conveying a, a scenario, a message, um, because you know television is a visual medium, and so yeah, recreation. There's there's nothing wrong with it, um, but I would like to see more 
edutainment rather than straightforward entertainment. It's, you know, running around in the dark. It doesn't matter what you what gadget you're hiding behind. It's still running about in the dark. It's, it's more like being involved or watching an interactive scary movie mm. um, than, than, you know, real investigation. So do you I think this is... I don't think there is a programme that actually does real investigation, is there? Uh, no. Well, wait a minute. I take that back. They all supposedly do real investigating. Uh, yeah, yeah. That will. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll Claim let that to. one go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, convinced a parapsychology student at the University of Northampton today to um, take out some good DVDs from the library. There was um, one. It was called something like um, "How to Be a Ghost Hunter." It got someone like Richard Felix and some other guy, Steve something. Um, Tell you what, the best bit about that is. Name. The outtakes. Have you seen the outtakes in that? I love the outtakes. When you we were talking, on... Ron and I were talking about outtakes um, and saying that how they could make and destroy a reputation. And certainly the outtakes on that particular DVD would destroy a reputation. <laughs> which which one is this, guys? Um, it's called So You Want to Be a Ghost Hunter with Richard Felix and Steve Parsons. Really? And Dan Winsper's in it as well. That's right. Um, yeah. the, but it's, it's memorable for the outtakes. And in fact... During the shooting, there is there's um, there's a memorable scene that didn't even make the outtakes, um, involving Richard, myself, and um, a Dalek, a recreation of a Dalek from Doctor Who. Oh, I love the Daleks. <laughs> well, oh, what, well, Richard probably still has got the footage for that. So, unless somebody wants to give him a lot of money, um, he might be persuaded to embarrass both of us by putting it online one time. So, what I, can you say? No. Wait, wait a minute, guys. <laughs> you know what? You know what I have in my hand right now? Richard's phone. <laughs> I have Richard Felix. Yes, I do. I have the DVD of So You Want to Be a Ghost Hunter. Uh, uh, Twelve years ago, Steve Parson and Ann Whisper established Parascience to examine paranormal activity using That's proper right. scientific methods of study. We have most paranormal visits locations for 24 hours parascience has completed 750 hours in one location and they still haven't finished wow we ended up at that location doing more than 1500 hours really and that's not man hours that's total hours so we're 10 in the team 15,000 man hours that's not bad is it for one place no <laughs> So you guys are saying I should watch this uh, DVD I have in my hand and, and I will learn things? Is that what you're telling me? No, but you'll, but you'll have a laugh watching the outtakes at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one that got me the most was when um, Richard was introducing part of it and he kept walking over to you to shake your hand and about four or five times you sort of took your hand away at the last minute. <laughs> 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 I can't remember, actually. I haven't seen it for such a long time. But is that, does it also include the where we repositioned the car across the car park? Yeah, you, you pushed it along the yeah. car park. And uh, several somebody, somebody you guys are ruining all my surprises. <laughs> oh, there's much more. There's much more. Well, somebody was convinced that that car had moved by itself. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a very, it was a very long day, that. It was very it was a lot of fun. But we were talking about outtakes earlier. And we yep. were saying that... You know, an awful lot of, um, I mean, every episode of Most Haunted, for example, and I guess it's the same for Ghost Hunters and all the others, it's edited down to a one-hour show. But, you know, you're at the location for 24 hours, which means 23 hours 
times eight, nine, ten cameras. There must be hundreds of hours of footage from every... Not all of that will be good, but some of it will be... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I know from experience, will be hilariously funny. Oh, and, yeah. and would, would, you know, seriously dent some people's reputations um, or make others. Um, yeah. Maybe one day, you know, some enterprising TV company will, will sit down and put on a show of some of these outtakes and bloopers. Yeah, I, I guess it. I guess it really goes to who owns them. I guess it would depend on it. Uh, but yeah. I mean, you guys, uh, Steve. I, I don't know how long were you with uh, Most Haunted? And not very long. And that's that's something that I always find quite funny because I only did um, half a dozen plus uh-huh. a live or two. I can't actually remember. I think it was about half a dozen, um, and it was a long, long time ago. But I get remembered for that half a dozen uh, when I was I was just standing in for Kieran. Um, rather than the 50-plus documentaries that I've been involved with. Far more documentary, uh, which are the ones I prefer to do, because people <laughs> don't... They, they must have been rubbish documentaries, or... Um, I mean, they were for... Don't tell uh, National Geographic or Discovery Channel, but um, people don't remember them. People remember the half-dozen Scream Fest Most Haunted. You were in documentaries? Yes, Cal. <laughs> uh, documentaries on what are we talking about? Um, well, I've never seen um, them either. <laughs> well, one 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 still runs regularly on Discovery Channel, uh, which was a program made all about a two-hour uh, Discovery special on Infratown called Tiger's Attack, uh, which still shows regularly on Animal Planet for some strange reason. Um, but programs for National Geographic, um, programs for Discovery Kids. Uh, my my daughter, when she was, I think she was eight, nine or ten, um, she came with us where we filmed an episode on uh, in in the haunted Mar- uh, Mary King's Close in Edinburgh. Oh, uh, with this with Discovery Channel Kids, Discovery Kids Channel. Um, so, yeah, there's been lots of Japanese TV, Canadian Discovery Channel, uh, Discovery Networks Europe. Um, but as Cal just demonstrated so well, nobody <laughs> remembers them. I think you've been remembered uh, recently as well for the uh, BBC Three um, documentary with that guy from EastEnders who went out to try and discover whether ghosts were real in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember doing that because that was just filmed down the road from where I live. Um, and I don't watch, he's, a, he's quite a famous soap opera uh, actor in the UK, but I don't watch those sorts of programmes, so I didn't know who he was. Uh, uh, and everybody, like my wife, friends, were saying, oh my God, you're going to meet this, this famous actor. And I, was, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> well, and I'm relying on the fact that, you know, somebody will introduce me to, and I, I can say, oh yeah, you're uh, high, pleased to meet you. And you know what? He's uh, he's actually a really nice guy, and he he had, you know, he had his beliefs, and he he knew he knew about some well something about the subject. He wasn't just playing it for television. Um, but yes, yeah, the nobody remembers those. 
<laughs> one of the most interesting things that I had is we had a German television crew come over here and do a documentary on us, on the Ghost Project, and we uh, they wanted to go to a haunted location, so uh, we uh, we took them to this restaurant. It was really haunted, and when we got there, they almost walked out because they said, "Oh no, no, no! We we, we want a haunted location. We want." Uh, an abandoned house high on the hill or with a graveyard around it. And, uh, uh, trust me, this is haunted. So uh, guess what? They they loved it, and uh, it did well. But it was all funny. It was so, so in German. It was like, Rosie, uh, come and see you. It was all dubbed in German. It was like, oh, this is great. I know the weirdest one we ever did was for Japanese television. Um, they hired uh, a, a big hotel, haunted hotel, and they hired the entire 40-room building just so they could have the place to themselves for a whole week. Um, they took us in it um, to investigate the location alongside that. They, they arrived with a huge amount of equipment. Of course, none of it worked in the UK because it was all Japanese equipment. Yep. <laughs> um, but I think what was most memorable uh, was the, the way that their, their ruthless efficiency uh, the Japanese are ruthlessly efficient to the point where we were spending as much time trying to avoid the Japanese film crew as they were trying to find us. Um, but because they just work so hard, um, you know, they, they're, they're like little automata. Um, and they have, there are cultural differences, quite, quite marked cultural differences. Uh, I was the, because I was in charge of our investigation team. I was the only person that they would speak to. The rest of our team were almost persona non gratis. Oh, so they, they were not... like the minions, right? Yeah, they were the minions, so the, so the uh, production company wouldn't speak to them. Uh, they would only <laughs> speak, speak to me. It, and I, I remember during an interview, uh, they asked us, do we drink alcohol before, before an investigation? I said, well, no, of course not. It, would be, it wouldn't be a good idea to drink alcohol because it would, it would spoil the, the subsequent investigation. Um, then we sat down for a meal, and the assistant director, um, there was, there was a, some sort of um, argument between the director and the assistant director to the point where the director got up and physically struck the assistant director, uh, who was really? shouting, and you know, he struck him. Hmm. Um, all because... Just one second, because I've got Pembrokeshire Beyond on the phone. So just chat amongst yourself for ten <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah. Get online now. Get your Skype on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bye. Right. Apparently, their 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 Skype system is ready. And but anyway, um, so somebody yeah. has to dial them. Um, the director said, or through the translator said, that was my fault. And I said, why are you blaming me for? I didn't say anything. I was just. Um, because I'd said earlier that no alcohol was permitted before an investigation and that the assistant director had ordered a pint of British beer. Oh. Uh, and he was, the director, um, was, was obviously upset with him because he was showing me disrespect. Oh, um, so, again, you know, big cultural learning differences between, between the, you know, the, the, the way we, we do things and the way that the, you know, the other TV company did things. Um, but they, we talk about restaurants, they took us out for a meal at the end. Um, I've never seen so much money uh, in a wad of notes. 
in my life before for the petty cash. <laughs> Hello. 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 Can we got. Yes, we can. And finally, with about uh, two minutes left in the show, <laughs> we have Penbrook and Beyond on. <laughs> what happened, guys? Eight o'clock, we thought. Yeah, yeah. What time is it there now? Five to eight. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> you know what? Ron started the show an hour early. Yeah, you know I, no, we didn't get the message. It's no. daylight service time in the US. Mm, we oh, didn't get it. No. Oh, so anyways, uh, Pembroke... We, <laughs> I, we, we, I didn't we, get it, but I was logged on anyway. <laughs> you know what? We're, we're going to reschedule on. We, we do apologize because, uh, yeah, it is... Uh, uh, daylight savings time here in the U.S. And you know what? This happens every year with Richard. Richard would always miss the show because he would be an hour behind. <laughs> Richard so, misses the show whatever time of year it is. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> Ron, did you, did you not think... I mean, I, I, I was online anyway, which is why uh-huh. when the call happened, I was already here. Um, right. But did you like the way I acted like it was all completely natural, even though I knew we were an hour early? <laughs> you, you did fine. I mean, of course, you, you might have, uh, you know, let me know that it was still only 7 o'clock in the UK. <laughs> you didn't you know, that might have helped. But anything, you Wally. <laughs> a, a, anyways, Pembroke and Beyond, I, I we, we, we really be. apologize. We really do. And, and, and we'll have you guys back on again. I, I do apologize for that. Steve, uh, <laughs> save my don't, ass. Don't worry me. about it. <laughs> I can guess, actually, that they're probably quite relieved. <laughs> I, I, there's certainly a sense of dodging the bullet. <laughs> no, we, we, we want to hear from you, because actually I've been all over your site. I've been watching your silly little videos, which I love. And, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you about them. <laughs> the good thing is, as silly as they are, I still love making them. You've got them absolutely taped there, Ron. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, we're actually uh, run out of time. <laughs> so, I think, uh, they've got time. I think they've got time to plug the web address. Yes, I was just going to say that. Good job, Steve. You want a job? You can be my new co-host since Cal didn't show up today. Oh, he's still here now. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No one told me. That's what Steve did. That's why he didn't text me. Sneaky. Uh, okay, so we... bad now if Cal missed it as well. <laughs> plug oh, plug your web address. Hurry up. Plug your web address. www.pembrokeshouldbeon.co.uk Okay. That's pembrokeshouldbeyonce.co.uk And if you like it, you can put a ring on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my wife said. I did, and now I'm stuck for 40 years. So, (laughs) thank you guys, and I do apologize. And and Pembroke, we will have you back on again. So, for everyone here, good night and God bless. Bye-bye. Ghoulies to ghosties. Long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. This is.